On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're back in the dating game with Jesse Eisenberg for Fleischman is in Trouble on Disney+, Plus. getting mixed up with the wrong sort of people alongside Amanda Abington in Desperate Measures on Channel 5, and dabbling in a little international espionage in the company of Vincent Cassel in Apple's Liaison. And wouldn't you know it, but Cassel himself also joins us on the show this week to talk a little bit more about that one. But that is not all, because Billy Crudup took time away from selling timeshares on the moon to stop by and talk hello tomorrow as well. I'm James Dyer and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your weekly guide to every show that matters. With me, despite their better judgment and the advice of both friends and relatives, are, of course, my two co-hosts, our Supreme Chancellor, Mr. Boyd <laughs> Hilton, and Pilot TV's newly minted champion for all things foreign language, our subtitled superhero, it's Kay Ribeiro. How are you, Kay? Very good, thank you. Are you happy with this? This yes, new mantle I like of yours? This, you yeah. are the doyen of foreign language shows. Mais oui. Yeah. Oh, very good, very yeah. good. Très bon. That's as far as I can go. C'est good. <laughs> C'est good. Yeah. Excellent. But that's not the only thing, is it, Kay? You're not just our foreign language correspondent, as the headphones literally fall <laughs> off your head. Uh, in, with the not excitement. excitement. Not excitement. You are also teed up mm. to become our latest Star Trek correspondent. Isn't that right? Look, I haven't. We've had. We've got an agreement in place. I won't renege on that. I'm going to do it, but I'm putting it off as long as possible. So I haven't yet watched it. Okay. I'm going to have to get up to oh, early dear. tomorrow morning. Yeah. I don't know if that's the best idea because it's going to set me up. You know. For the day. Yeah, in yeah. a in a bad way, do. I'd say. But anyway, yeah. So I'm going to do it tomorrow morning. We'll see what I think. So for those of you who don't know what we're referring to, we are, of course, talking to the Cultural Exchange, which we agreed last week, whereupon I convinced Kay that she was missing out by not embracing science fiction to her bosom, not literally, uh, <laughs> and uh, said that she should watch some Star Trek and that we would pick some for her. And we have done so using the help of the internet. Of course, by the way, of course you did a poll. <laughs> I did right? a poll. Of course I did a poll. Boy, I don't know if you saw this. James, in his infinite wisdom, yes. and of course in his infinite geekiness, yes. decided not, he couldn't just decide like uh, I've done, but he had to do a poll yeah. and make it all techie. Yeah, I wasn't added in, in thankfully, into yeah, you're the lucky. initial discussion on, on the Twitter. So I didn't see the poll at all. For a bit, she didn't get to vote. No, I didn't get to vote or anything. Yeah, and then event belatedly, I saw it yeah, when someone mm. did eventually at me and basically to complain about something or other. I think <laughs> what we should, I remember. what we should say is that's not a one way street, James, because the agreement was I would watch some of your sci fi if you watch some of our reality non- bollocks. No, not reality bollocks. <laughs> just I mean. I feel like you've attached such a negative <laughs> connotation to reality. What should we talk? You know, just entertainment shows. Right. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I've got a short list, but for deaths, I know that you will be watching Traitors. Okay. okay. So, so the way this is going to work. So this is a multi-part cultural exchange. We mm-hmm. are beginning this week with an exchange whereby I have agreed to watch. Now, now you've picked an episode of the Traitors for me to watch. The first one. The first episode mm-hmm. of the Traitors. So this is so that I'll understand the concepts and not just be baffled by what's going on. Yeah, because right? otherwise we'll have to hear about like, oh, why did this happen? Oh, that makes no sense. So go in at the beginning of it, watch it, get hooked. And then I have a crucial question. What is the runtime of the traitors? Uh, an hour. Is it an hour? A yeah. whole hour? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why? Oh, no, an hour that is um, 40 minutes long. Okay. Yes, a whole hour. 
Yeah. Well, that might, be, that might be the most moronic thing he's ever said. And his eyes lit up. Then he goes, "Oh, great, a forty-minute hour." No, an hour. But genuinely, minutes. like a forty-minute hour is a thing because it's like when you take out the ad breaks, that's a forty-minute hour. BBC One. Yeah. No I didn't know that. Oh, better from the BBC. Mm. Look, okay, look, I've agreed to watch the Traitors. I will mm. watch it tomorrow morning before Pilot Plus, where we will be discussing this. But in exchange, K. This is what the internet had to say. So I, I polled the internet and I said to them, I quite want to introduce Kay to a variety of Star Trek, the many textures of Trek. So I said, let's start with the next gen and then we'll move on to a DS9. So so we're going to start with the next gen. And I suggested three possible episodes. Number one, The Inner Light. Now, The Inner Light is an interestingly is one that I got Terry to watch during our cultural exchange. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I genuinely can't remember what she thought of it, but I think she quite enjoyed it. I could be wrong. Now, which is a very Picard-centric episode. It's quite a sentimental episode. Uh, it's quite a touching episode. We'll see. That's, that was an option. I also suggested Chain of Command, which is a two-parter. So you dodged a bullet that people didn't vote for this because it's a double episode. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really hardcore and it involves Picard being tortured by a Cardassian. That's a, a Cardassian. Cardassian. A Cardassian. <laughs> he is literally keeping up with the Cardassians oh, in this look. particular one. Uh, I've been waiting to say that. I have. Yeah. Uh, and then the third one I chose, which was The Measure of a Man, which is a mm. data-driven episode, literally. Uh, it is data goes on trial to establish whether or not he is an individual, for he is a robot. His name's Data. Right. Oh, yeah, no, that, I've seen no, that episode. No, no, no. Yeah, so it's a courtroom drama. That is a good episode. And it's about what makes a person a person. I would, what makes I, someone. Are you giving Kay the choice of which? Well, of so I put it to I put it to a poll on Twitter and they voted oh. for the measure of a man oh, at 39%. Okay. Fine, fine. That's a good choice. Uh, in third okay. place was Chain of Command, one and two, with 29%. And second place was the inner light with 32%. But Kay, Kay is not one to respect the rules of democracy. So she <laughs> she has said to me that she doesn't want to watch The Measure of a Man, despite the fact that the internet thinks she would. She says that she wants to watch The Inner Light, which I have to say, <sighs> I, it might might be... A mistake. No, no, it might be the wise move for her. Oh, I wonder whether really? she might prefer... It's got more heart to it, you said. The Inner Light, it? yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's slightly more sentimental, I would say. Although now, Boyd, the fact that Boyd's saying I should watch the courtroom drama then is swaying me, so... Because I'm thinking I actually, I actually want Kay to at least partially... Enjoys a strong word. Tolerate it. Mm. Uh, and I worry what that... What do you think? Boydo, what do you think? I'm going to uh, do uh, whatever you say. Go, Yeah, fine. Go with it. Go with go with the flow. Go with the... Uh... The courtroom. No, no. The um, popular choice. No, the popular choice was the measure oh, sorry, of a man. Was, oh, you were going to override they voted, it? No, no. Not me. Kay was going to override uh, it. Okay. And I was going to endorse Boyd her actually, overriding Boyd it. Boyd has actually switched off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he rarely me. listens to me at the best <laughs> time. Blame me. So, so the inner light or the measure of a man. Okay, right here, right now. Choose. I am going to go against my original overriding. (laughs) I am going to go with what the people want, slash what Boyd has said is good, better. He knows me quite well, so the fact that Boyd says I should... I don't remember much about the other episode, to be honest. So, so to be fair, so The Measure I'm, of a Man yeah. is one that I recommended a lot of people watch before they watch Star Trek Card, Fine, because okay. it sets up a lot of the themes of Star Trek. Yeah, right. let's go with that. The Inner Light, however, is very much a standalone one. It's a very famous episode of Star Trek, because it does something... I, I, I Contrary to what the internet thinks, I think you probably would enjoy The Inner Light more oh, God. than The Measure of a Man. No, I'll go with what... I mean, a lot of people engage with this, even okay. though, even though I said... Please don't engage with James. <laughs> People are getting really into it. And if they've said I should watch the um, courtroom drama, I'll do that. Okay. The measure of a man it is. So you have to watch that by the time we record Pilot Plus tomorrow. And you can find out what Kay thought of that on Thursday for the super cheap price of one ninety nine a month. 
<laughs> and also, you'll find out what James thinks of the traitors, more importantly. Mm. Sure, because there's going to be loads of suspense around that. Uh... <laughs> no, wait a minute. Hold up. Right. No. Hey, my no. mind is open. It is open. It's not. Like, a, like, a, like an open thing. Like a no. flower. It oh, has opened. God. No, it's not. Listen. No, I'm being serious now. I'm going to watch it. If I'm going to dedicate an hour to your sci-fi stuff Bullshit. yeah i don't want to swear hey boyd ever since you're supposed to be on my side ever since you Am said I? your mum listens to this i'm trying to cut down my swearing <laughs> oh. and calling him a twat. don't worry that about that <laughs> yeah don't worry about that anyway james's mum is is known for her profanity <laughs> boyd. anyway um yeah so if i am if i'm doing this properly and i'm going to keep an open mind you need to as well okay. you can't just go in being belligerent just, and there's a problem there's a slight problem with um with, james well yeah there's many <laughs> many slight and major problems right. with james but there's a slight problem with the traitors in that the first episode isn't really the best is it i know yeah but, but otherwise he won't understand i know it's a bit of a quandary that one okay. because what about he watches two uh, well, no, but see, then for that, you have to wait for week that. two. Right. Week two of this, where we move on to you, Kay, where we move you on to Deep Space Nine. But uh, week two of this, I thought you'd pick a different show for week two of this. But mm. if you want to give me another traitor, that's entirely up to you. The only thing is, Boyd, if we go into the last episode, which was fantastic, for example, it's going to be completely lost on him. Oh, I know, I know, I know. It's, 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 it's difficult because your show that you're choosing from, it's fine. These episodes make perfect sense in and yes. of themselves, right? And to be fair, I have tried to pick ones I genuinely I think she'll like. So I people know. are saying, best but of both worlds, best of both worlds. I'm saying, yes, it's thing, one of the best episodes, but, but she will hate it. Right. But the great defensive. thing about the traitors is, yeah. traitors is that once you get past the premise, it's all about how it evolves mm. over, you yeah, know what, right. 20 episodes or something? So, I mean, do it. Just It will have to be the first episode. But okay. We're not going to get a I'm fair I'm not watching reflection. 20 episodes. I can pretty much guarantee <laughs> you that. You have to watch. We're going to tie you I up want, I want in a basement two. cellar and force you to watch 20 episodes. Huh? I want you to watch more than one. Have you ever watched an episode of Bake Off? Uh, yeah. Yes, I have watched yeah. an episode of Bake Off. Oh, Pottery Throwdown. That was the I've other never one watched Pottery episodes. Throwdown. Okay. Hmm. Tempted to, uh, but I mean, it's up to you. You're, you're no, driving no, thing. you can. Right by the end of this episode, I will have decided, and by that, I will have consulted with Boyd, and we will have thought of the best episode for you to watch. Also, I should probably clarify: when I say I've watched an episode of Bake Off, I guess what I mean is I've been in the room when an episode of Bake uh, Off has been on. Okay, uh, watching it might be a generous description of what I was doing. In that case, we should consider that. Yeah. All right. Right. All right. Well, anyway, enough of this. Enough of this. Enough of this frippery. Yeah. This is the business of Pilot Plus. Let's talk instead about what we've been watching. And I want to tell you something. And it's not something I've been watching, but it's something that I could have watched because I went onto Netflix <laughs> and the algorithm. Wait, is this a new section? Yes. Things, yeah. 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 things, things I could have watched. watched. Things Ridiculous I could have watched. Human being. Uh, yeah. in the, so you know how, like, Netflix, when it goes onto its screensaver, it just pulls up shows mm. it thinks you'll like or things it thinks you'll like. It came up with something that its algorithm clearly had gazed into the bottomless pits of my psyche to work out what would most appeal to me and it came up pits. yeah and it came up with a film <laughs> called viking wolf oh, oh and i was just like do you know what that probably does tap into pretty much all of oh, my yeah. viewing That's habits total you show. i watch werewolf things i watch viking shows therefore what would i absolutely love viking yeah. wolf which mm. is a film i don't know what it's about but i can only assume it's about a viking wolf did you actually watch it? Oh, God, no. Oh, wow. But okay. it was interesting so that Netflix... Remember, remember this the is the section that, yeah. 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 Stuff what I could have watched. What I could have watched. What I could have watched, but didn't. Yeah, yeah. so I didn't, I didn't watch that. Did what you I, actually watch anything? I did. I watched a bunch of things. Oh, I'm going to okay. tell you what they are. Oh. I finished Extraordinary. I only had one episode to go, but I've seen the final episode of Extraordinary, which I really, really enjoyed. It was loads of fun. I also finished Lockwood and Co. And we, Boydie, are going to try next week and do a Lockwood and Co. spoiler special for Pilot Plus. That should be quite 
fun. Yeah. Uh, and also, also, The Last of Us. Oh. Obviously, The Last of Us has been going on. Uh, Boys Looking for The Last of Us. Well, I know you've watched it already. Of course I have. But, um, oh, so you're re-watching them. Yeah, so we're up to episode oh. six of The Last of Us now. But the reason why I was re-watching The Boys, the reason why, mm. was because I may or may not have done a very, very, very long, very, very uh, in-depth interview yeah. with yeah. the showrunners of The Last of Us for our Last of Us end of season spoiler special. Mm. So, that is exciting. Yes, that you. is quite exciting. Haven't you already chatted to them for another I have. They can't get rid of me. In fact, they must, you are, you are, so they must consider you to be their stalker now. No, but this is literally, <laughs> so uh, it's 100% true. When I started the interview, I went, I said to them, I said, it's me again. You can't get rid of me. And Craig Mason just looked at the camera and went, yeah, like a cordyceps <laughs> outbreak. <laughs> So that's absolutely true. Right. Yeah, absolutely Brilliant. true. I am I am their mushroom fungus killer thing. You really are. Yeah. Wow. So I watched that too. Uh, and then the other thing I watched this week. Is it true? I have a quick question about okay. that. Is it true they banned the word zombie from the set? Oh, Did I don't know. Story? The one question he didn't ask. Well, they, yeah. they are infected. They're not zombies. Not I know, there. I know, I know. Of course. Yeah. But... Yeah, so I read the story somewhere. Of course, it'd be good if I actually made note of wherever the hell I did read it. But yeah. probably just someone on Twitter said, um, "Yeah, apparently the rumor was they they banned the use of the word. People didn't, you know, that, that we need eleven zombies right now. No, no, we need eleven people infected, who are infected, ceratops yes. or whatever it is. Uh, yes, cordyceps. Um, oh. cordyceps. Yeah, it seems a bit ridiculous to me because obviously they are zombies. They did that on Twenty Eight Days Later as well. Like, it's like they're not zombies; yeah, they're infected. I mean, come on, yeah." yeah. So yes, yes, saw that, but I also watched the first episode of For All Mankind. Oh. So I have begun my For All Mankind Sorry. journey. To be fair, I have seen this episode before, because obviously I watched mm. it when it very first aired, though I couldn't remember any of it. I will say the beginning of it with the moon landing is extremely well done, and I'd completely forgotten it, so the impact of that was still very much intact. The rest of the episode, I was very conscious it's good. I'm enjoying it. It has not seized me yet. Well, I famously, it is it, it it only really seizes about halfway through season one. <laughs> okay, yeah. So you know, but I'm going to press on with it. Fact. Like, but it's enough. It's good enough that I'm prepared to keep mm. watching it, and I'm waiting yeah. to be seized. Good, but okay. I have yet to it, be it'll seized. Seize you. Okay, mankind will see yes. you eventually. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. But you know, for all the people who are mm. endlessly bemoaning the fact that I don't watch for all mankind and that I will love for all mankind, <laughs> sleep I am now watching this show for all mankind. So yeah. that's our listeners, the endless bemoaners. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they like to be known. Yes, that is it. All right. So fine. Well, what have you been watching then, Boyd? I have been watching the same thing that I was watching last week. Can you remember? How, how closely do you listen? I mean, yeah, this is a test. Not not that no, close. Exactly. I mean, James, forget about it. No. Give me a clue. Okay. Well, because what I watched last week was it will give it away. Oh, instantly. I know, I know. Oh, yeah. You were watching the Eugene Levy show. Oh no, I mean, I was. That was one of the things. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I. I mean, she gave you the correct yeah. answer. It's yeah, not her well, fault that you chose one a different thing. Okay. <laughs> it's the answer is, is it was the first. I finished the first half of this series. Last you. Week. Yes. 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 You. Yes. You. You, you, well done, you. Well done. Well done. <laughs> it's you. So I watched the first. I finished the first five episodes. It's, it's airing in two chunks. Yes, so, but all, the whole of the first chunk is there now on Netflix. But they sent me the second chunk. Yes. Oh my! I, so I have heard. I've Effing heard things God. about what? this, what? and I'm wondering whether we need to all of us plow through this yeah. in short order so yeah. we can do a spoiler we special. Should. We've got to do a spoiler special. Okay. It's ripe for okay. a spoiler special. All right, I'm going to do it. It's so demented. <laughs> <laughs> the twists really are so wacko that we have to discuss it it has to be discussed it's absolute classic spoiler special material okay well, so i'm afraid Kay, you have to watch yeah the other okay. no i don't mind it but it's i mean it is massive good fun all the way through obviously how many apps uh well there's 10 in all 
Yeah. How many of you? What did you watch for the review? One. How many? You got nine to go. <laughs> nine to go. <laughs> Next on Pilot TV's yeah. <laughs> Elementary Maths. <laughs> Maybe. What I wasn't sure how long the run was. I suggested this I on the like WhatsApp. I was hoping for a six up. I did suggest this Eight. on the WhatsApp. If, I'm sure you remember. I said we should do you as a spoiler yeah. special, and we do it in the first half first, so that gives you four more episodes. Yes. Oh, I see. So we, we do wait. them in two chunks. Two so we chunks. do like a part one spoiler yeah, chunk because the second chunk doesn't arrive until March the fifth or whatever. Oh, so we got a bit of time. Okay, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Let's. So if we can get through the first half of this by next week then we can do one of those next yeah. week okay let's yeah. let's let's aim to yeah. do that that's um, a good plan yeah so completely phenomenally demented um that show the only other thing really that i watched was i went to even though i've had um time off this week from the helter skelter world of uh, my job <laughs> i actually went to the launch of queen charlotte a bridgerton story you went to it yeah i went did to you it. get the afternoon tea I got the afternoon tea. Well, no, it's not. No, it was nibbles. They had claridges. Claridges. Claridges canapes. Claridges canapes and um, cocktails. And I'm not drinking alone, so I had a, a non-alcoholic cocktail. Um, the blood pressure. Blood pressure gate. Remember the blood pressure. But, we but the canapes were fine, right? Well, I, I, I actually, do you know what? I actually did not go full on with the canapes. I tried Ooh. to, yeah, I'm trying to stay Boy, healthy. he's taking it seriously. Yeah, I'm taking it seriously. Mm. But it was a wee, it was an odd event. Uh, I'm, I'm, delight, I'm not, you know, delighted to be invited by the Netflix. <laughs> but what it was, essentially, was a, a launch of the trailer. So they had the trailer right at the end. But they had, like, two Q&As, quite extensive Q&As before the trailer. Was Shonda there? Shonda was there live by satellite to her oh. on Zoom, basically. Yeah, to her office or whatever on Zoom. But what was quite funny slash unfortunate was she they so she had a chat first with the with the um, person hosting the Q and A, which was fine. And then she we just she just sat there like gazing into space while the next two quite long as I say Q and As were played out with like, the new cast members because the, what Queen Charlotte is is they're going to have it's like the backstory when Queen Charlotte yeah, it's was origin story origin well. story yeah of Queen Charlotte and, and various characters so they showed clips they then talked about it and all the way through Shonda's, Shonda was on the screen <laughs> they were looking I was obsessed with her I was just like what's Shonda doing she's just like zoned out there, like looking looking and then when they went back to her right at the end her, her, um, the volume the sound wasn't working it was very unfortunate oh, no. they fixed it they fixed it but it was really interesting and someone told me that this is going to be a slight return to raunch do you remember Ooh, my yeah, issue yeah, yeah. with mm. season two it was a pg-13 yeah which you did prefer i preferred season Ludicrous. Two, yeah. did you yeah. Yeah. you're the I mean, one she's the yeah. one k's the one wow was, exactly but apparently yeah there is there, and you could take you could tell from the clips they showed and from the trailer itself which is now out there generally that yeah, they're definitely not going to yeah, they're going to there's going to be some launch among the, these youthful the youth, mm. the young versions of the characters that, that that are very interesting anyway on Bridgeton. so yeah and they revealed that and this is more news now this is crossed over into news now apologies but it's launching on may the 4th is when um queen charlotte can't wait a Bridgerton story will be unveiled to the world itself. And that is what I've been watching. Nice wrap up. Yeah. I've been watching. Right. So I was trying to hastily just check who messaged us this on Twitter. But one of our lovely pod squads asked us if we were watching Alaska Daily. I oh, think yeah. It was, was it? That's right. Yeah. Andy? I'm going to say Andy. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, Andy. <laughs> Sounds very right. It's, it's either Alan, Andy or Adam. as good a name as any. <laughs> no, it began with A. No, I'm sure it's Andy. Sure? Anyway, yeah, he said, uh, asked us if we were watching Alaska Daily. And so I took up his recommendation because two episodes dropped and he said it had a little fanfare, but it was quite good. And actually, I really enjoyed it. So Hilary Swank is, she plays a New York reporter who moves to Alaska, um, having like landed a big scoop in uh, New York and which landed her in hot water so she's kind of under she's 
pissed off about that. She's fed up. She's going to write a book about the story that she had reported on. But then she gets asked to come and join this local newspaper in Alaska. And she takes, you know, she takes on the role. So it's fish out of the water. Do you know who's in it? Cyrus from Scandal. Is that his name, Cyrus? Do you oh, remember him? From Shondaland's Scandal? Yes. Um, I've forgotten his name. Everyone, well, Anyone who watched Scandal will recognise him. I know exactly who you mean, Cyrus, because he's in loads of stuff. Yeah, but what's he's, his he's name? one of those character actors who you know, oh, it's him, but I don't know what the actor's name is. Well, he's yeah. in it. He's the one who lures her over to Alaska. And I've really enjoyed it, but I was frustrated because there was only two episodes to watch. So now I wouldn't... Do you know when the whole thing will be dropping or are they doing it in a... Boydo, I'm looking at you. Well, I sh- so wait a minute. You're saying how many episodes are there at the moment? Two. Oh, I think we're clearly weekly. Clearly they're doing week <sighs> by week, aren't they? I mean, yeah. But enjoying it, though. Yeah, actually, that is clear. It's a weekly thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's almost as stupid it's as a James given, yeah. <laughs> how long is an hour? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so I'm I'm desperate to see the rest. Um, at first, I wasn't convinced by Hilary Swank in that role, but mm. she's grown, you know, mm. she's more convincing now. Um, right. Two things I just quickly need to tell you about. Um, which are, are kind of a legal territory, I think, from you know, for the podcast. But I'm going to mention them anyway, James. Very We're quickly. Getting sued? <laughs> you say legal territory? Illegal territory. Yeah. As she in, mean, I'm not she meant means it's going to be reality, reality shit. Reality yeah. Not re- well, it is reality shit. But Thank as in you. stuff I've worked, watched for work, which I, I just it's like a just a bit of a public service announcement. There is a loophole here whereby if I ask you what you're watching and this is what you've been watching, there's kind of no way I can yeah, reasonably... Exactly. In your face. Don't shut me before. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> right, the Challenge UK, Channel 5 and also Paramount Plus, um, it's mad. It's really, really mad. It's reality stars competing against each other to win £100,000 but doing like really crazy shit, okay? So, for example, in the first episode, two reality stars are grappling with each other above the sea on a like a plank and they have to push push each other off first and whoever does that wins that that Uh competition it results in someone having double uh fractured eye sockets that doesn't sound it's brutal it's like celebrity hunger games it's mad it's crazy how do you fracture your eye sockets by falling Mm. in the sea Mm. well Well, landing really hard on the water how high over the water are they really high like well, how high? Oh, well, I don't know. Look, what we'll do is we'll try it out with you in a swimming pool. <laughs> Have you said what this show is called, by the way? Yeah, The Challenge UK. Oh, is, is that what it's called? The Challenge UK? Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. Because it's a channel <laughs> called Challenge, isn't it? So, you know. The Challenge UK. Okay. And it's okay. like a franchise, which is very popular, I think, in America. In America and then, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, I just wanted to tell everyone that if you want some best, crazy shit, get The best thing that. about this show, though, the most shocking thing about this show, because I've read, read about it, is, um, is that... These are all like former reality stars taking part. Like, isn't Joey Essex in it? Or no, um, no, no. no. Um, James Locke and James Locke from yeah. Made in Chelsea. Don't I know um, this won't mean anything to you. What I'm saying is, these are celebrities, effectively created by the reality TV world, and they get and they're competing for money for themselves, like not for charity, like most <laughs> just for themselves. Yeah, just for themselves. But I personally think that's it's a good quite... thing. No, because they need that for physiotherapy, medical well, attention. Yeah. <laughs> it's not enough money, frankly, mad... for what they endure. Yeah. Yeah. Equally, though, it's if grueling, you're going like to watch this... reality TV stars have their eye sockets fractured, that sounds. Like actually decent TV. Yeah, so. James is now suddenly yeah. in. <laughs> I'm, I'm in for it. Putting reality twats into a, like a Hunger Games situation. I'm actually on, on board Maybe for that. Maybe this is so. the thing we should get him to watch. Yeah. Anyway, and the last thing is The Dangerous Rise of Andrew Tate, which is a documentary, which was made by Vice and um, that the BBC acquired. And it's really, really interesting. The reporter, I need to give him a little... Matt Shear, is it? Vice reporter. He's really good at just getting underneath the skin of Andrew Tate. And actually, he's unflappable because Andrew Tate... So he goes and spends time with him um, in Romania and then is forced by Andrew Tate to do some sort of like cage fighting thing to prove his masculinity. It's all toxic and 
awful, mm. but does a good job of once again just highlighting watermelons pre, and twat, pre horrendous time, twats. Pre jail, yeah, of right. course. But that's on iPlayer. Should anyone mm. want to that's watch? Good. That is interesting. That was what we've been watching and time now for this week's first guest. Hello Tomorrow is streaming now on Apple TV+, Plus, which Pilot Plus subscribers will already know as we reviewed it there last week. This is a retro future tale that stars Billy Crudup as a salesman hawking timeshares on the moon to people feeling lost in their lives, uh, only for really his own life to unexpectedly catch up with him after the family he abandoned two decades earlier brings him rapidly down to earth. Amon Warman got on the first rocket to Tranquility Base to catch up with Billy Crudup there. We are delighted to be joined on the Pilot TV podcast by the star of Hello Tomorrow, Mr. Billy Crudup. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. Congratulations on this show. I'm very, very into it. I've watched a few episodes. I cannot wait to finish it. Uh, one of the first things that jumped out at me is this retro-futuristic world the show is taking place in. As you were reading the script for the first time, what were you imagining and how did that match up with the reality when you first stepped onto set? Let me tell you, they, they, they were so shrewd, these writers, Amit and Lucas, about describing extremely articulately every detail that was in the, um, uh, let, let's say, the, the, remember that nacho strip at the uh, baseball game or the uh, popcorn that uh, keep um, is a, a bottomless popcorn, a bucket of popcorn. Every single thing was written uh, to, to a T. So when we got on set, it, it was actually... Exactly as you would imagine. And um, and like all the products today, didn't work nearly as well as one had hoped. And um, I, I, I always think of that, that there's a robot at the very beginning that delivers a beer out of its um, stomach. And um, the uh, Amit used to make a joke. He said, but you, you understand, Billy, there's probably a little bit of motor oil in there. Um, the 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 way that they had imagined this was so well rendered on the page that walking onto the set was seeing their reality come to life. Uh, so there there were times, you know, the production design was so gorgeously rendered between the sets and the costumes and the music and the cinematography, and um, that there there were times that you were overwhelmed by being in an alternate reality. Uh, the when, there was a beautiful screen behind the Vista Lodge that was uh, um, so detailed, in it, but it was it was just an illustration. But it was a parking lot filled with hover cars. And, you know, we're in a soundstage, but you're looking at a lighted parking lot filled with hover cars and it's impossible not to feel like you're in that environment. And it, it is it is both a 1950s style motor lodge and it is the future. So it's it's a, a really as you know, an actor, we, we we relish the imaginative process. And so when you get an opportunity to to be fully immersed like that, uh, your imagination goes wild. So it, it was it was exceptional, that experience. Your character, Jack Billings, is a salesman, uh, just like your father was, I believe. Did playing that character stir up any old memories for you? Oh, <laughs> did it ever. And in fact, both of my brothers have seen a couple episodes and they were like, geez, 
you weren't doing an impression of dad. You were doing dad. I mean, that was, uh, in fact, quite hard for them to watch because, you know, as, as Jack is trying to navigate his environment, there are some cracks in the armor. And um, that was one thing our dad never allowed for. There were never any cracks in the armor. It was always optimism, optimism, optimism. He might've saved the cracks for his friends or somebody else, but it was, it was not for his boys. And um, the notion that tomorrow offered an opportunity that was different than today, that today might be so unpleasant or so um, disheartening or so burdensome that you might not be able to handle being present in today was a feature of my dad. And I read this in uh, Jack through and through and speaking to Amit and Lucas they had they shared the same point of view so it was a really wonderful meeting of the minds between us all and uh probably probably one of the primary reasons why i identified with it when i read it if jack billings met your father how do you think that conversation would go they'd have the night of their lives are you i mean the, the two of them would have already like the stories they would have told of the event, this wild successes that they had and the inventions that they made, I, 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 they, I, they would have been inseparable. Uh, the, the, he has, my, my dad had a love of people and he was curious about every new person he would encounter. And he loved being thrown a curveball. He was delighted when somebody had um, a, 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 something new to discover about them or that he didn't predict what or, uh, correctly the way that somebody would behave or what they thought. Um, he loved trying to read the room. So the, the, the notion of two very curious and and uh, loving and affable people spending an evening together talking about their uh, achievements, especially when their achievements can be imaginative and creative. I, I, I can imagine a, a, a delightful night. The, the, the bar bot would have run out of beer. <laughs> oh, I would like to be a fly on the wall in that conversation. Yeah, um, me too. Well, I have been. It's not so great the next morning. One of the things that I've heard you talk about is that in some ways, you feel like you're a character actor trapped in a leading man's body. Here you get to be both. Was that also part of the appeal of doing the show? You know, I hadn't thought about it in that way, but it is a great, it's a great point. Jack, Jack really is a leading man in his own life. You know, he, he sees himself, even though it's a, it's a, a, a team of traveling salesmen that, that does maybe middle market, lower middle market. Um, they're, they're not going to Chicago and New York and Paris and London and Sydney and Tokyo. They're, they're you know, keeping it low key in the small um, towns throughout the mid Midwest. And even still inside that, Jack sees himself as a heroic person. And yet he has all of these uh, incredible features to him that are, to your point, uh, truly uh, uh, original character. And so I guess having the opportunity to do both uh, was um, uh, remarkable and novel. It do doesn't always happen that way. You, you rarely get a protagonist that is as um, complex as uh, what Ahmet and Lucas have created in Jack. And one of the many things I love about the show, and you kind of touched on it earlier, is it gets at that human desire for another thing that will make our lives better, whether it's a new blender or a games console, or in this case, the moon. Um, is this the type of show that makes you think about your own life and the way you approach those things differently in any way? 
I certainly hope so. It, it, I had that experience. And uh, again and again, I kept reflecting on this idea that you spend so much energy imagining a better tomorrow, you forget about today. And really, today is all we have. Uh, our conversation that we're having right now is all we have. And um, really investing in that moment, making yourself present for whatever that event is, it is the act of living. And that can be a joyful and incredible thing. And when you live in a country with it, it's some of its, the, the premise of the country is based upon possibilities in the future. And uh, it's hard to be, to feel comfortable, like you've, you've achieved something being in the present. So there's this great conflict of how do we get into this wonderful future new life that we're living now? I mean, we do have cars that drive themselves. This happens, and I maybe they don't do it well, but we don't, we have cars. I've got a I've got a device that can teleport my face to the other side of the planet instantaneously, um, and it's not even plugged into anything. This is the future that we're living, um, even our communication, and yet we will um, we'll miss it in this notion that oh, there could be an upgrade coming that's going to really solve all those bugs. I, I hope that the the series is a wonderful and um, provocative reminder of that. There are a few times in this show where Jack is trying to sell the idea of a better way and a better life to people in the room. And for me, that can be likened to an audition. So do you have any memorable audition horror or success stories that are coming to mind right now when you think of that? I, I've had so absolutely sublime audition experiences. I think because I was taught or I feel like I learned in acting school that auditions are not the means to an end. Auditions are the end. So this is your chance for two minutes to play the part. And that means when you go in there, you don't have to worry about uh, whether or not people like you or don't like you. You just get to use your ingenuity of, as a creative artist to um, play the part once at, uh, and for all in a, a, probably a, a rather weird environment, an environment much like this one. Um, but that attitude, it led to a moment very early in my career, which I, I'm exceedingly proud of. That's why I'm sharing it with you now. But um, I, I, there was a play that Tom Stoppard wrote that was an absolutely gorgeous play called Arcadia. And um, I went and auditioned for it. And the character was this heroic uh, uh, tutor, brilliant tutor, hilarious guy, Septimusage. And uh, I read for it. And the casting director, Daniel Swee, he gave me a note. And I just couldn't make the adjustment in time. And as soon as that door closed behind me, I went, oh, I know what that is. And I called my agent. I said, can I go back in? And they... Of course, I was new. And so my agent was like, listen, I hear this every day. Um, why don't you just take that note and uh, enjoy and keep working on it, et cetera. So I, I happily took the note, kept working on it with a, a friend of mine who was also in school. And lo and behold, a month later, they couldn't find anybody for the part. And he said, okay, do you want to come back in? And I was like, do I want to come back in? I know the whole play now. Are you kidding me? And I came back in. And the next day I got it. Trevor Nunn was directing it. And uh, five weeks later, I was on Broadway. Oh, that is incredible. I Isn't that, that. crazy? <laughs> I know. Was, That's amazing how things I had some great like teachers. That. I had some really great teachers. With, with Jack, I feel like when he's finished making a big speech, he sort of can feel it in the room if he's nailed it, if people are thinking about what he's just said, if there's a chance that people are going to follow through. 
when you're in an audition room like that, can you always tell do you, that, that feeling that you definitely know not? They hold it close to the vest, but you know where you can tell it. Um, and I, I hadn't thought about this quite in the same way. I often think of him as like a preacher. So I think of the, the audience in the room as a congregation. And if you've been to church before in your life, you know, when the pastor is hit it out of the park, uh, there is a sense of hope and belief that was absent the room that has been conjured out of thin air. And all of a sudden, everybody leaves uplifted. And you feel that in the theater. Um, I did a play not too long ago where it was just me telling a story. And there were plenty of times where I'm looking dead into the audience with the people, their heads off dead asleep. And I'm like, I am not winning. I'm not winning the war today. And there are other times where uh, the, the, the chemistry of the moment ignites the group of people together. And I, I'm telling you, at the end of the show, I, I could have sold them anything because the, 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 there's something about the collective response of people in a moment like that. I guess because we're all social creatures, that is a really valuable and virtuous uh, asset. At the end of the first episode, Jack takes a character under his wing to teach him a few things about the business. Who was that person for you? And are there any lessons that you learned way back when that you still use today? <laughs> um, uh, boy, that's a great question too. Well, there's a, uh, uh, a friend of mine from college right now uh, has a son who is a young writer and aspiring filmmaker in Los Angeles. And we have met periodically over the last several years. I, I don't have the same type of confidence that Jack has, that he understands the world in the way that he does. I, I have a lot of opinions. Clearly, you can hear me talk. Uh, it's boring myself at times. But the um, it's mostly a process of listening for me. And uh, uh, hopefully finding uh, things or characteristics in him that uh, I can promote that perhaps I hadn't thought of before, because you don't want, he can't lead my life uh, and I can't teach him about how to live his life. I just have to be empathetic to understanding what, what the ups and downs are like and, and maybe gently help him find the, the aspects of working in this industry that make him feel more uplifted and less defeated. I think that's probably uh, um, as good a thing as you can do as any kind of mentor. Uh, I, I don't have all the the tricks that Jack does. I don't, I don't, I don't have a, a smell the cookie speech. Um, that's a very, Amit and Lucas have done something magical with that. Um, but I, I, I do, I do care profoundly about the future and, and the young people who are going to be uh, populating it. Final quick question for you. Watchmen is one of my favorite performances of yours. And oh, I just wanted you. to ask about your memories of playing that role and what do you make of how the genre has grown since? And have you watched the Watchmen TV series as well? <laughs> well, I, so there, I'll give you a perfect example. My, my younger brother has always been interested in graphic novels. And um, Keanu Reeves was actually playing that part. And he had dropped out for some reason. And I remember getting a call, my agent telling me about the, the script, but I hadn't read it. I was not a, a graphic novel uh, fan. I didn't read it before. And when I read the script... I thought, wait a second, are you subverting the genre? Is that what you're doing with this? Are you trying to say, what are we doing with these myths, you know, that, that we create in these superheroes? Because if, if there were actual superheroes or, or say superhumans, they wouldn't care about humanity. They'd be on Mars thinking about physics, you know, and the actual people who dress up in costumes are probably lunatics. Um, and so I called my younger brother and I said, uh, 
hey, it, I, it seems to me from this script that this is a very subversive kind of graphic novel. Would you agree? He was like, yes, Watchmen is the greatest graphic novel of all time. I said, um, well, I, it's great to hear that, Brooks. What is, I have been offered a part. And he goes, who? I said, you know, Mr. New Yorker or something. He goes, Dr. Manhattan. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, fuck you. And I was like, okay, this is going to be a good part. I'm going to take that for sure. Um, so that, that was, that was the, 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 uh, the uh, crowning achievement uh, between brothers there at the, at the moment. Uh, but it, it was uh, uh, such an extraordinary experience. And to your point, it got at what I think is a wonderful way to view also the success of all of the uh, superhero movies is that we should continue to talk about the context of why we're even interested in heroes and villains, uh, why we need this medium. And it, this is a uh, um, centuries old, millennial old study. We've had gods and monsters since the time we could tell stories. I, I think continuing to reflect upon why we need those stories for ourselves is as interesting as the stories themselves. Billy, I could talk to you all day, but I've got to let you go. <laughs> Congratulations on the show again. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great day. That was Billy Crudup. And now we have a listener question. And let's find out what this week's listener question is. He says, playing for time while I try oh, to find gosh, it. Not the system, oh, the triage system. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Here is my triaged question. This week's question comes from Stefan Smith. And Stefan says, while retweeting Josh Molina, because he's a bit of a wag here, he says, on an unrelated topic, what character slash actor joined the cast and ruined a TV show you loved? See what he's doing there is he's saying that when Josh Molina mm. came in as Will Bailey in the West Wing yep. Replacing uh, Rob Lowe, Sam Seaborn, mm. he ruined the show, which is a bit harsh, actually. He was being self-deprecating. Well, no, no, because oh. this is not Josh Molina saying oh. it. Yeah, this, this is, this is, this is not... Stephen Smith saying oh, it. okay. Uh, I think that's way Although, harsh. to be fair, Josh Molina does often say, hi, I'm Josh Molina, I ruined the West Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he does sorry, do I thought that's what you meant. But, uh, yes, so... I, you know, a tortured uh, link. Like. Indeed. Sorry. <laughs> 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 but Josh Molina, Josh Molina, no, actually, yeah. I like no, Bill Bailey. No, you're getting trolled by Boyd. I like this. Yeah. I said Bill Bailey. I said, I, I, like, like, Bill, Bill I like Bill I Bailey. I love Bill Bailey. Bill Bailey's Will great. Bailey. Bill Bailey in the West would have yeah. been extraordinary. Yeah, Bill Will Bailey. <laughs> yeah, Bill Will Bailey. Uh, yes, no, Will Bailey, I actually like in the West Wing. I think if you were going to pick someone yeah. who was terrible in the West Wing, you'd probably pick Mandy, but you couldn't because she was in the first episode and she actually begins it. She's in the whole first season and then she never comes back. So she's the worst character. Uh, but no, Will Bailey is fine. But so, so, but let's, let's bring this kicking and screaming back to topic this is about characters who have been introduced into a show during its runtime and have either ruined it or come close to ruining it yes i'm gonna do a k i'll give you one answer oh good <laughs> value for money right here <laughs> no maybe two one maybe two all right um because i found this quite hard this one because yeah, it's hard. Me one, too. Okay, okay, I mean, I mean, I James has still got, got listed about fifty. Oh god! Okay, fine. So and so, so and so from the Expanse is going <laughs> on. But um, hey. uh, I the answer to the question is in Fraser. It's always Fraser in Fraser. Um, Daphne's brother Simon came in when all of her brothers kind of arrived at one point, but before all the rest of the brothers arrived, like one of them was played by Robbie Coltrane, who you can understand what he was saying before he arrived. Anthony LaPaglia, um, Who Australian actor, Anthony LaPaglia, who's been in many a film mm -hmm. and a TV show, who's a perfectly good actor. He 
arrives, cast mystifyingly as Simon, her brother. Daphne, you remember, you remember it's from Manchester. I do remember Northern. this, yes. You know, Jane Leaves is a very good, is, is Northern accent. Mystifyingly, Anthony de Paglia decided to portray Simon as a cockney, and he talks like that to her, all that Daphne, he calls her, and he literally talks like this, mm. and it's unbearable. And he's in it quite a lot from leading up to the wedding, to the Niles Daphne wedding, which he arrives for, and even beyond. And he kind of drops in every now and then. So, and he's, his accent is absolutely diabolical. One of the worst accents you've ever heard on TV anyway. If so, if we do worst accents, we, we might have done that before, I can't remember. But he is a terrible, awful, cretinous creation. And he's supposed to be annoying. And he's really, really annoying to the point where you can't stand him. As soon as he walks in, he's like, oh no, Anthony Pagli doing that character. So he is my absolute peak answer to this question i'd also throw in that will in westworld is he was he in it from the beginning do you remember i'll try i meant to check and i couldn't um, the british guy um in westworld uh will. i think he is yeah uh, okay in that case don't so that that's that's not did that's he annoy you he didn't he like really, him. he's really annoying yeah. okay he's really annoying. fair enough um a question of questionable i would say acting um mm. skill as well mm. i mean I, i'm sure he's a very perfectly good actor but his performance in in uh, westworld was not the best yeah yeah I mean, Kay will, of course, say that when Jadzia Dax left Deep Space Nine and was replaced by Esri Dax by Nicole LeBert, that was uh, an unfortunate turn for the final season. And I have to agree, because she lacked the depth and character texture that Jadzia had. You're so happy now, aren't you? Look. Look yeah. at him. He's smug he face. Look. <laughs> <laughs> so delighted. Okay, so I'm going to be honest. I did try and think of an answer for this one. And I really did spend time thinking. I couldn't think of anything. So I've just changed the question. Oh, okay, <laughs> fine. I didn't realise that was an option. <laughs> to something that was Brilliant. just easier for me to answer. And <laughs> I'm choosing Kenneth Branagh as Poirot, which goes back to a TV show. <laughs> so, um, Hang on. What's happening? Yes. So David Suchet yes. in Poirot, on, as, as a TV show, right. he's the only Poirot. Uh -huh. And then Kenneth Branagh took on that mantle. What about John Malkovich? Mm, yeah. no, but not only are you, have you changed the question, yeah. you've actually changed it to a question yeah. about a film. To a film. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas John I mean, Malkovich at least would have been a TV, a TV show. show. Yeah. No, 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 no. I've specifically got something against Kenneth Branagh's okay. horror. Yeah. Is it because his moustache has Was like ridiculous. multiple strands? Was ridiculous. Mm. And he... And he did a lot of things that Poirot wouldn't do. But anyway, this is a separate Kay, Poirot pod. I can confirm, having worked with Kay <laughs> throughout the period where Kenneth Branagh's oh, remake It was a dark time. Remakes of um, mm -hmm. Murder on the Iron Express and Death on the Nile. And he's got another one coming, isn't he? I think Evil Under the Sun they're doing oh, next. Anyway, I can confirm that Kay is obsessed <laughs> with how unkempt mm -hmm. um, Ken Branagh's version of Poirot was. Yeah. To the but point also, of like, he would outrage. Run. Yeah. He would run. I mean, Poirot never would run. What? Poirot yeah. would never run. Why not? Because I mean, he didn't do that. I mean, that was uncouth. Knows? Yeah. Anyway, let's not get into it, but that's that's yeah. my answer. She was furious. Yeah, <laughs> that's my answer to a question you didn't ask. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It really is. I mean, what is that question even? It's... <laughs> Who's your least favourite incarnation of a TK character who ends up in a film? Well, no, no, once, no, Kenneth Branagh almost ruined the character of Poirot for oh, me. I okay. see. So it's it's kind of thematic, re yeah. thematically related Loosely to the question. related. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, right. that's me done. Okay, okay, good, good. Uh, do, what about Emily when she joins Friends? How about oh, that? Oh, yeah. God, yeah, that's a brilliant answer. There you go. Yeah, yeah. that's good. 
Because she won. was dreadful. Terrible. Dreadful. Yeah. Wasn't a big fan of that. Naranti and Sikozu, when they joined Farscape, that was a dark day. Here we go. Uh, that was horrendous. Didn't, yeah. didn't like that at all when we went into uh, to season four of, of, uh, of Farscape. I mean, okay, Farscape. here's a controversial one. Yeah. Did Kirstie Alley ruin Cheers? No, absolutely no, I not. No, so. no, no. That's not even up for debate. She's no Diane, let's be honest. But no, they did a brilliant... Considering Diane left, considering, you know, she left of her own um, free will... They did a brilliant job replacing her with a very funny, memorable character. She's a brilliant comedy actress. But well, don't they bring in? They bring in really good supporting characters for yeah, that, sure. se- that era uh, yeah. of the show as well. But I mean, but no, Kachuza was still brilliant anything. because she did not ruin it. You're no. right with Emily from Friends, though. So yeah, Emily okay. from Friends. All right, all right. Uh, what about I see? I was if Terry were here, she'd back me up on this. When Dawn, when Dawn joins Buffy, that is awful. She's a terrible character and utterly ruins it. Mm. Probably right, I haven't yeah. seen Buffy. She's awful. Mm-hmm. She's, but also she's not like 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 she's like a magical sister that just kind of parachutes into Buffy's life. Like she's some kind of supernatural. She's a key. It's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. But she ruins it. She's terrible. A uh, couple of other ones. Actually, who was the one who replaced Marissa on the OC? Remember when Marissa dies? Spoiler. Uh, and one of the other ones is it Taylor? Is that oh Taylor, Taylor? Ta- Townsend? Is it Taylor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She's dreadful. I didn't hate her. I think she was all right. You think? Yeah. She she fit a per- you know, she was there for a reason and that's why. All right, here's one which I definitely stand by. Christine Kachansky. Red Dwarf. Oh, well, Red you, Dwarf. you stand alone in watching Red Dwarf. No, <laughs> Red Dwarf seasons one to six, all-time classic. And then a, the second where they get reunited with the ship and when Christine Kachansky also joins the crew, it, it just went horribly off a cliff. There's a there's a latter-day revival for Red Dwarf, which I can't remember the season. I want to say, is it 10? I think it, it has a little bit of a revival with 10. Well, actually, Red Dwarf got good again when it came back after a, after a break. But I thought that was one, nine. One to six is the golden, golden era. And I'm pretty sure it's not 9K. I'm pretty sure it was hmm. Red Dwarf X. But yeah, yeah, Christine Kachansky. No, because also the thing with Red Dwarf, like part of it was that they were all guys in space and there were no women. That was part of the mm. sort of frustration Sounds of the fun. show. That there were no women left. The whole human race was extinct and Lister was the last human being alive. There were yeah. no women. And that was that's part of the setup yeah. of the show. Let's just say and they, then, they knew what they were doing when they uh, <laughs> created a show of appeal to nerds, didn't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. I'm just saying, when sexual frustration is underpinning a lot of the comedy, to then bring in the object of his desire, the woman that he loves more than anything else, I don't think that was a particularly uh, great move. No. But also, that was the mark of the uh, the downslide in Red Dwarf quality. Anyway, anyway, uh, that is, I guess, kind of a question. And those were at least two of them, vaguely <laughs> answers. Uh, if you wish to have your question read out on the Pilot TV postbag, do send us your questions. Do send us your thoughts. Do send us your feedback. Do send us your musings. And I'll either get read out here on the main show or on Pilot TV Plus on our extended postbag. Uh, but do send them to us via DM on Twitter at Pilot TV Pod or on Instagram at Pilot TV Pod or direct to me on Instagram at J. James C. Dyer. Shall we have some news? Should we talk about what's been happening in the world of TV news? And Boydie, what have you got for us? Well, do you remember a couple of weeks ago I said that... um stories would come out talking of Frasier it's all about Frasier the, the, the reboot you know because they started filming it and they filmed it for a live studio audience in classic multi-camera sitcom style that news would come out from people who got to see these recordings of what it's like and a lot of people have sent me messages on mm-hmm. Twitter saying it's really, it was really good they so, were there yeah. they were in the audience people, they've seen it, Frasier yeah people in the audience have seen Frasier and not only that but they specifically said that Nicky Lindhurst yeah. <laughs> as I'm calling him um, was really good this is the best news yeah so I'm now like okay you know now uh, let's just 
bear in mind that if you have if you've got to see a studio recording of an iconic show that's coming back that's very very newsworthy and exciting, like, I'd be thrilled if I got to see a studio recording of Frasier. Why weren't you, you invited to well, a studio I mean, they're recording? They're filming in LA, but I, don't, I, mean, I, I mean that could have you in the way. You're right. You're absolutely you right. So I I, it, I would be skewed. I, I find it hard to be you know objective but i'm not but they about a lot of people i haven't seen one negative reaction put it oh, that wow. way and um someone uh, messaged me saying do you want you know could spoil it for you and telling who, who what kind of character nicholas the nurse is playing and you know and i was like no 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 i'd rather not have that spoiled. so i don't know what the details are but apparently it's a very clever kind of premise did they hint at any returning characters mostly i think someone said not not not, not that anyone's seen this yet because it's early days filming the first few episodes but i think everyone's assuming that lilith will be the character to come back of, of if any, um, talking of characters that didn't ruin sitcoms when Liv arrived with Frasier and she, she was an instantly brilliant character who then popped up in various special episodes of Frasier as well. So I think everyone's thinking she probably will come back. Baby Neurith, Baby Neurith, who plays Lilith. So I was excited about that Frasier news. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's good news. It is good news. Also in good sitcom news, Ted Lasso yes. is parachuting onto the airways on the 15th of March, uh, which is quite soon. Like it's yeah. a mere month away. Yeah, fucking soon. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. Ooh, it is. Yeah. Boy, boy, swearing he's so excited. Uh, yeah, so have that's you good checked news. your Apple TV screener yet? See if it's there. I haven't. I have. <laughs> is it there? No. Is it? No. Right, okay. Not as of um, about half an hour ago. Well, see, I deliberately didn't check mm. because I have so much to watch at the moment with For All Mankind yeah. and obviously you as well. And yeah. Tracers. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. More importantly. But I don't, I don't have the bandwidth for, for that. I mean, it's not like when C suddenly cropped up and I was like, no. hold everything. No. No. Or scene. when you manage to watch all of The <laughs> Last uh, yeah, of Us Picard. and Picard and something Carnival else. Row. Carnival Row. <laughs> Carnival <laughs> All 10 Row. hours of Carnival yeah. Row. I mean, yeah. Ted Lasso's only even half an hour an episode. So I will, as soon as it arrives, I'm I mean, on it. you I'm say that, it. it started out as half an hour an episode. Oh, yeah, Season two was basically 40 minute dramas. <laughs> so, uh, or, yeah. or an, as James calls it, an hour. An hour. An a 40 hour. minute hour. Yeah. That was a 40 minute hour. So, yeah, good stuff. So, yes, Ted Lasso has a date. The peripheral, Amazon's The Peripheral has been renewed for its second season which I'm very pleased about so I will get to find out what happened there I can tell by Kay's face that she is equally (laughs) excited do you know what else has been renewed yes Poker Face the show we still haven't watched the show we still can't see it's going to be on yeah Poker Face has been renewed just stop renewing it just give us a chance to watch it don't renew it let us see it yeah that's what we want Poker face. Did either of you watch? I don't even know why I even addressed these things. Okay, of course you didn't. Did either of you watch Spartacus Blood and Sound? Oh my god! Yes, of course. How is that even a question? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, Spartacus famous, Blood and Sound, famous spot for its rampant nudity. Yeah. And, oh, um, it was it was boobtacular. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. urge you never to use that. Boob and nobtacular. To be fair, it was. It was. It was like the peen so. count was quite high. Yeah, it was. Mm. Yeah. Did you see talking for it? I've just interrupted your <laughs> story. In fact, I should have mentioned this during the during my what have you been watching thing about you did you see that Penn Badgley oh, uh, yeah. has has talked about how he refused to do nude scenes basically he he said he refused to do intimacy scenes in but this... do you know what the reason is well yeah but a w- weird reason that he's he, he wants to, to be... stay faithful to yeah. his wife whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. so hang on, yes, hang on hang on that's weird assume just <laughs> for the sake of argument that I wasn't listening to the beginning of that yeah what 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 Penn Badgley <laughs> Funnily enough. won't do sex scenes yes. because his wife wouldn't like it. No. No. No, she doesn't That would give, make she maybe a little mind. bit more sense. It's him who, basically... and He's I, gone full Mike Pence. He's gone a bit Mike Pence. Basically, he's decided that from now on in his life, and it's not just in C, it's not just in C, in you, it's generally, he feels that 
kissing and and sex scenes and nudity is all too much for him and and but the reason he uses case says and he said this on his you know he's got his own podcast by the way <laughs> yeah he's got his own podcast with two hosted co-hosted by two other women where they talk about kind of teen experiences but suddenly they decide to do a you special episode about you i mean fine but he basically says that yeah he wants to, it, 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 fidelity is the most important thing to him and anything like implying that anything he's getting up to would be infidelity in yeah, acting. I mean, I think he it's weird. It's weird. The you have to listen acting. to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but but it's you know his what? prerogative, but doing a show like you, yeah. which is so sexy well, and like, exactly, you know, kit exactly. off. So. But, it's, but what's funny is when you, when you get, when you know that, cause I, I armed with that knowledge, I, I read that story yesterday and then I started watching more of you. And that once you realize that he's stopped doing intimacy, it really, it re- you really notice it. And it suddenly all cut to when he is shagging a certain character, for example, which he is doing in the show. No spoilers. We'll talk about it in our spoiler special. We will. We can talk about this whole thing. So I'll, <laughs> I'll shout up about it in a minute, but it is amazing. He keeps all his clothes on. He's literally, he even, he keeps his tie on, <laughs> his trousers a and tie. tie. He's shagging. This I woman. think, listen, Pam, if you're listening, I think you can remove your tie. It's yeah. fine. That, that won't lead to anything. You can leave your hat on, yeah. but you need to take your tie <laughs> off. Yeah. Take your tie off, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. And that expands out. We'll talk about it. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode, maybe during the use of Russian one. But there's a whole thing at the moment. You've, you've seen it, like, of, of um, people saying there should be less sex and nudity in films and TV. Is this just Kay? Is, Kay, is this Kay off the, ba- off the base of Bridgerton season two? Kay's decided yeah, we yeah. need no, to apply because, that ethos to everything. No, because we're going to come to something that I... You know, I thought it was very well done, but um, yeah, there's a raunchy show in today. Oh, that's you're, right. You're yeah. saying that, but yeah, you, there were so many complaints. Well, that's about my Bridgeton, point. You know, so Pe- yeah, people are saying that. Um, we, 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 this is but we've interrupted James's new story. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But to wrap it up quickly is, I think uh, my feeling is it's an immoronic thing to first of all to say that there is less significantly less sex and nudity on TV anyway, because I mean Euphoria and Bridgerton and in fact the show we'll get to later. No spoilers. Yeah, rest upon also, sex when- and nudity. Depictions are thereof. So but when it's, it's cut out, bullshit. like Bridgeton too, look, everyone's in uproar. You guys are like, furious. yeah, because even it's, it's a like show a, based right, around that. Exactly. That's the whole point of the exactly. show. <laughs> Whereas, like, so it I might. think like gratuitous sex stuff, sure. But when a show is about sex, it's fine. So you could argue Bridgeton is about a family. Dragging show. this <laughs> kicking and screaming back to my original <laughs> news story, you uh, could argue that Spartacus Blood yes. and Sand didn't need as much no. fucking as it had. That was absolutely gratuitous. It was absolutely gratuitous. Yeah. No one needed to see no, Jai is, Courtney's knob no. as much as we did. Right, but uh, so what is the new story about? <laughs> the new <laughs> story is that Stephen S. Knight, uh, that Stephen S. Knight is bringing Spartacus back. Now, if you remember, uh, we had Spartacus Blood and Sand, yeah. which starred Andy Whitfield as Spartacus. Now, he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after the first season wrapped. So for the second season, we got a kind of a prequel spin-off show, which had some of the actors the same amount of nudity but not him and then when we came back for season three Spartacus returned but by that point tragically Andy Whitfield had died so he was recast and I never watched it after he was recast so I watched the first two seasons and I was mm. like I don't really want to watch it now with a different actor playing Spartacus but anyway a revival slash sequel is coming back uh, Stars Stars' show is, is returning uh, presumably with just as many knobs as the uh, as the previous one sorry Kay it's going to be <laughs> cocks akimbo and there's nothing you can do about it wasn't it on as well? wasn't it on it was on was it on stars? It was stars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was back it was in the day when stars was mainly stars. known. Yes, yes. Yeah. Sexy, sexy stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember I had a dinner. There was a press dinner once for stars, and um, they were absolutely upfront and and completely <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, they were completely. <laughs> 
really proud of their of their yeah. <laughs> upstanding devotion yeah. to sex and nudity. Well, you know, like um, like Cinemax, which was HBO's yes. porn strand, and my beloved Banshee yes, was on Cinemax, and Banshee's very, very booby. Oh god, yeah. very booby. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah, yeah. In the Brid- one more thing about in the Bridgerton <laughs> press conference, I was talking about the Queen Charlotte one. They did brilliantly get asked about the, the sex <laughs> sex and nudity content, and they all to a fault went, of course, all the scenes, such scenes are are completely va- vital to the, to story. the story. Yeah. I don't know in any way gratuitous. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Did you say that out loud though? Of course not. No. <laughs> I, under, I muttered underneath my breath. Yeah, fine. indeed. Yeah. Any other news? Yes. Mine, first of all, just is that I've noticed Boyd is wearing tracksuit bottoms. Are you? Yes. This I've is never not seen... such an informal can't podcast, believe... Boyd. I've never first seen him all, in trackies before. I can't believe you're outing my trackie. No, though. that's fine. I love a trackie, but I've never seen you in a trackie. That's be- I'll tell you why. Because um, I've got, it's actually my week off this week. I've got sh- annual leave. This is I... off duty. And yet you're here. I'm so off duty. off duty is tracksuit bottoms. I mean, <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I actually went on a very long walk. Uh, earlier today as part of my new health regime, regime. <laughs> health kick. 20,000 20, plus steps and I thought what, what track is for it yeah. and you know and I thought well, I, I can't be bothered to check well, what, what, yeah, a- what trainers did you wear for it oh I, not the these yeah I wore um, he wore his, um, his like Crocs no. <laughs> <laughs> Steady. Steady. No, what are they? Boy, tell us the exact model of your Air, Air Jordan Air Jordans. Air Jordans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Vintage yeah. in some fashion. Not particularly. No, no okay. Air Jordan, Air just Jordans. Yeah. The fact, Air Jordan. Is that your news story? Was that I'm wearing trackers? No, I just it was an observation. I thought this is breaking news and it's a good look for you. So the news I'm I going for the I'm going for the Ricky Gervais. When you hit a certain age, oh yeah. You don't want it. You want all of everything you wear would be elasticated. Um okay, my actual news is HBO have cancelled Avenue 5 did anyone watch that? Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah. I, I think that's sad. It's a shame. It was well, funny. So, well, yeah, you you say that, like... but we reviewed the first episode of that, and I remember we were quite cool on Avenue Five. Okay, well, it's because yeah. of you then. So maybe it may be specifically my fault. It's been cancelled, but mm. um, so after two seasons, it won't be coming back. However, in better news, about a month after Netflix has cancelled Uncoupled, which, as you remember, is the comedy series yes. starring Neil Patrick Harris, Showtime have picked it up um, for its second season. So. Do you want to hear a Neil Patrick Harris fact? Tell me. Yeah. My nickname at school was Doogie Howser oh, because brilliant. someone once said I looked like Neil Patrick Harris, which I absolutely do not. But it stuck because we'll need to see you know, photos. School. That's great of you at that there time. I can absolutely see that. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to tell you about is that the BBC has commissioned Grenfell, um, a three-part oh, yeah. drama about the devastating. 2017 fire and apparently it's going to draw it draws on five years worth of research including public sources and inquiry hearings and it's going to be told from multiple perspectives and yeah i'm looking forward to seeing that okay yeah that's very that's a really important um project i wanted to mention the amazing story you'll love this james this is very much up your street <laughs> you know the mass singer Yes, I do. Currently on, you know the most thing. Even you know. That. I'm familiar with what yeah. it is in the loosest terms. Yeah, so the the British version is currently on the map. I think the final might even be the Saturday. Actually, I think it is. It's running on concurrently in America. The current series. Did you see who's on, who was on it the other night? Last no. night, in fact. Who. This, how about this for a booking for the Masked Singer? So bearing in mind, if you go on the Masked Singer, you have to put this fucking heavy mask on, and you have to sing, obviously, <laughs> yeah. live, live, yeah, repeatedly, because mm. obviously the person who was who, who left last night in the states had been on it for a few weeks. They wait, got wait, don't 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 say it. Give us a clue. Let's guess. Okay, how can I give you a clue? I mean, to say he's a veteran is an understatement. Okay, that's your clue. Is that it? Yeah, that's the only clue. Is he Ameri- He's obviously American, American yeah. right? 
That doesn't massively narrow it down. I've okay. got to be honest. Yeah. He's in one of the greatest family films of all time. Ooh. Maybe two of the greatest films of all time. Certainly one. I mean, Jimmy Stewart's dead. So. Jimmy Stewart's dead, yeah. So I'm going to say... <laughs> the other guy is he's alive. <laughs> Steve Martin. No, no, no. Much older than that. Mm, no. This could be a very okay, long go on, podcast. Oh, good. Yeah, go okay, I'll tell you. He's this 97. Is... Oh, my God. He's 97. So who is it who's 97 years old? It is... Dick Van Dyke. Oh my gosh! Dick Van Dyke of Mary Poppins fame. That was the thing for me. I, I can't believe they got him. Yeah, I have one and with that heavy booking. head on what as well. What a booking! I know. What a booking though. And also, I was, is... was going to mention him earlier when you talk about bad Cockney accents as well. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, wow, fantastic. that's an amazing yeah. signing for them. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Fan- no, I don't safe mind. to say Take the people credit. we get isn't um, yeah, no, but yeah, they do a good high. job. They get good, pretty good people on. Yeah, but they don't get. It's not Dick Van Dyke. No, Dick Van Dyke is definitely the greatest. As far as I'm aware, booking on the Masked Singer. Well, I'm so pleased we could end news with Masked (laughs) Singer news. Let's move on to this week's second guest. Uh, Liaison lands on Apple TV Plus this week and is an international conspiracy thriller that sees two Syrian hackers on the run from the Assad government and both British and French security services trying to bring them in and get hold of the intel that they've inadvertently acquired. Veteran French actor Vincent Cassel plays a contractor brought in by French intelligence to get the job done and he dropped by to see us and frankly we needed a similar amoral gun for hire who would cross any line to get the job done and we turned once more to a model Woman. Uh, we're delighted to be joined on the Pilot TV podcast by the star of Liaison, Vincent Cassel. Hello, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not going to put I, something extra on the intro no, 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 for you. The mood, yeah. you know. Um, you starred in espionage projects before. What was different about this one that made you want to sign on? Well, it's not even really the subject matter. You know, it's about the opportunity suddenly to uh, be able to do that kind of show for Apple. You know, as we know, if you do something for Apple, literally they press a button and there's 150 million who knows about it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's not something you can take lightly. And plus, I, in this one in particular, because of the connection I had with uh, the producer, Jean-Benoît Guilligue, I knew I would have the, the creative latitude to do something my own way. And my idea was to present to the world a French version of a realistic mercenary, you see? So there is this kind of casual thing about him, loneliness, darkness, cynical thing, but in the same time, he has humor and uh, he doesn't take everything seriously, but you know you can count on him. Somehow would be uh, an image of a certain kind of French masculinity. Um, And Gabriel is one of many characters in the show who has a dark past. We as an audience don't get to find out what it actually is until much later in the season, but you know it from the outset. How does that knowledge inform your performance and your approach to Gabriel's arc? Are you trying to bring in some of those elements early on? Yes, of course. Well, he's, you know, he's he's a troubled man, but uh, I I had the opportunity through the prep to uh, meet up with some guys who are actually real mercenaries. And... uh, you know how it is like actors when we meet those people, of course, we talk and we, we, we have information. But what I do is like I, I watch the way they move. I watch the way they behave because that's what's going to be more useful for me. And there is something about the normality of what they are. There's not, nothing. There's no showing off. There's no uh, alpha male pretension. 
you know, it's, it's all about disappearing in the mass. It's all about being normal. It's all about, it's, it's not about muscles, but they are killers. I don't know if I should say that, but I met a guy, he killed 800 people in his life. Wow. So imagine wow. the karma. So imagine the darkness. This guy, of course, he saw everything behind the curtain. He worked for everybody, for the Brits, for the Americans, for the Israelis, for the French, for the Arabia Saudit, for, uh, for the Vatican, okay? And so he was like super fun, super sympathetic, super, uh, super lighthearted, but he killed 800 people. And the paradox between those two information, I mean, this information and the way he was behaving, was even more scary because he looked normal. That is insane. <laughs> that is insane, it's, I agree. <laughs> is, is that the sort of, I mean, I'm guessing in the course of your prep for multiple projects, you've met a ton of people in different vocations for whatever role you were preparing for. Mm -hmm. Have you ever met anybody else who has that sort of crazy story that helped inform your preparation? Because that sounds like an all-timer right there. Well, I've met people who are doing, I mean, this is like, this is a very dark story and this is a very heavy karma. But, I mean, the good thing about being an actor, it's true, is that, is that suddenly because you're going to do this or that, you know, you're going to be able to really literally infuse with people that come from a totally different world. I remember doing a movie uh, about shamanism and suddenly I was lost in the forest with shamans, you know, taking psychotropics and, and be like totally isolated in the middle of nowhere. And that was crazy. And then the next one, you know, you're supposed to be a spy in that particular occasion. And I had, to, in five days, I had to learn how to jump from a plane with a parachute. And so you do it. Wow. So it's, you know, that's the really cool thing about being an actor is you get access to people who have like really, really intense, crazy, interesting life. And you take what you need and then you go back home. Mm. <laughs> that's incredible. Um, Watching this series, uh, you know, hacking is a big part of what these guys are up against. Is this the type of project that makes you think about how much time you spend on your devices and how you use them? Because some of the hacks and some of the things that we see in this show, they're scary to watch and they feel semi-feasible, dare I say, in the real world. No, <clears throat> the truth is that no, it's not because of the show that I'm conscious of that. I mean, I am conscious of that. I've been conscious of that, I would say, very earlier on. Yes, we spend much too many, we depend on technology in a way that is totally sick when you think about it. And the worst thing is that for people, I don't know how old you are, but I mean, for people like my age, for example, we know what the world was before that. So we have, we have, a, we have a, a reference. But the people who grow up with an iPhone and an iPad, they think this is normal. So they have no idea what it is to spend your time watching the sky, being bored. You know, you're not allowed to be bored, bored anymore. Now you're entertained, 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 boom, and then they make you scared. So you're paranoid and they keep you in that space, always, always. And once you're in that space, they can make you whatever they want to do. Look at the world. The world stopped for COVID. The world stopped for COVID. And we had no idea what it was. Yeah. This is crazy, honestly. I mean, so that's the real impact of all that. And we don't have to, to, to trip on about being parano parano paranoid, paranoid about 
you know, what could happen. This is already happening. And you know what? It's happening in a very smooth way. So everybody's okay with it. No, it's scary. It's scary. I wanted to ask about working with Ava Green. Um, both of you, that you're so you're so great together in this show, and you convey so much at times with very little dialogue. It's just meaningful looks between you. Was the chemistry between both of you immediate, or did you? Yes, to, it was. Oh, yeah. You know why? Because I think we were really curious one for another. I've been fascinated by Eva since I saw her in Dreamers, you know, the Bertolucci movie back in the 90s. I always thought she had, uh, she was carrying herself in a way that nobody does really. She has this mysterious, elegant, instinctive way of acting. And her career speaks for itself, by the way, because look, she's French. And nobody's quite clear about that. You know, she's called Evergreen, which is actually not Evergreen. It's Eva Grön, because I think her father is Danish. So she's not even English. You know, so it's it's somebody you're not quite clear with what to think about her. You don't know, you know, she's she's and when you're mysterious, you can make believe more or less what you want. You know, mm. I always thought she was so particular and strangely enough, working with her, I recognize myself in her. Uh, and you're next working with her on The Three Musketeers, uh, yes. which I'm very excited about. Is there any particular version of that story that you have previously latched onto, And how does the one that you're working on shake things up a little bit? Well, strangely enough, it's a very, very French story, of course, but it hasn't been done by the French for the past 75 years. Can you believe that? This wow. is crazy. My, for the little story, my father, who was an actor too, played the king in the Richard Lester version. Really? Yeah. Wow. So my, my, my memories as a kid were being in Spain, because they shot it in Spain at the time with Oliver Reed and, and Christopher Lee and all those, and Michael York at the time, Geraldine Chaplin, Chaplin. And so I would see the sets, I would see the costumes, and, and suddenly, boom, 50 years later, or let's say 50 years later, yeah. <laughs> uh, here I am in the same costume and same kind of sets, except that now it's made by the French. So I hope that we'll be closer to the books that it's, that it's ever been made. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Final question for you. Um, I recently watched the film Magic Mike's Last Dance, uh, directed by a guy I know you know, Steven Soderbergh. Yes. And it made me think of you because one of my favorite scenes in Ocean's 12 is your iconic dance through the lasers scene. Mm -hmm. And you are, of course, a trained ballet dancer. And I was just wondering, what are your memories of shooting that, one? And two, are you mad that Steven has not asked you to be in the Magic Mike movie? Because you could do it. <laughs> Alors, first of all, no, I'm not mad at Steven Soderbergh because, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't need to continue with anything. I really enjoyed working with him. But, I mean, I never thought about, you know, like, why didn't he call me? I mean, I got other shit to do. He does. And if one day some people need, need to meet again, it will happen. You cannot force anything. But for that scene in particular which is actually a very important scene for me because you see, I've been living in Brazil. I'm, I'm, I'm almost Brazilian in a way, you know, I work there. I, I still have a production company over there. I spend a lot of time over there. I was an actual Brazilian citizen. I'm totally crazy about samba and, and, and all the, the, the musicality coming from Brazil. I think it's one of the richest in the world. So I'm really attached to that country. And when I read the script Ocean's 12, I was in Brazil in my house. And I was in my hammock. Yes, I do have a hammock. <laughs> and I was reading it. And I was reading the scene, except that this scene looked and made me think about entrapment. You remember? Yeah. With Catherine Jeter-Jones. Jet and I was like, how can we make it different? 
At the time, I was training capoeira. You know capoeira? Yeah, I trained capoeira for years. And so the next week, I was going back to Rome to uh, where I was supposed to meet with uh, Stephen. And I said, do you know what capoeira is? He said, no, what is capoeira? And so I started to dance and jump around the bed and do shit like this. And I was telling him, look, maybe this guy is a little more international, you know, he's multicultural, he's aware of stuff that many Americans are not really aware of and na da 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 and, uh, and he said, okay, I buy it. And so the fact that there is capoeira in a big Hollywood movie was my little present to the Brazilian people. I love that so much. It's an incredible scene. Uh, I could talk to you about that for ages, but I've got to let you go. Vasso Cassell, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, man. That was Vasso Cassell. And time now for this week's reviews. And we begin this week with Fleischman is in trouble, a.k.a. Eisenberg Fox, which could have been the name <laughs> for this one. Uh, but this one lands on Disney+. They should get on the taglines. <laughs> yeah, they could. They should definitely hire me. Uh, this is based on the 2019 novel by Taffy Bradessa Ackner, who also serves as the showrunner here. Uh, this aired last year on the States on Hulu and sees Jesse Eisenberg as the eponymous Dr. Fleischman, recently divorced from Claire Danes Rachel uh, and exploring the uncharted waters of modern dating apps, uh, which is code for it's very booby. Uh, all of which is kind of going swimmingly for him until his ex-wife drops off the face of the earth without explanation, leaving their kids in his care. Boyne, please tell us how much trouble Fleischman is in fact in. He's in quite a lot of trouble, yeah, because as you say, although, I mean, it is, again, this is a whole premise, slight spoiler thing, but I mean, the premise is that the whole point of the thing is he's been abandoned all of a sudden by his his wife. They're, as the show begins, they're in the, in the process of divorcing each other. So um, Jesse Eisenberg's character, Dr. Toby, and uh, Claire Danes' character, Rachel, who is the... She, she she runs a kind of talent agency for like Broadway stars. Yeah. She's agent. very successful mm. theatre like, theater agent, talent agency. I think, you know, similar. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but they, but you know, she's still in his life, and then the big, the big kind of shock moment in the first episode is that she abandons him and their kids, uh, seemingly forever, with without any like at three in the morning or whatever, um, and just refuses to be in contact with him forevermore. So the the the, the, sh- the show, much like the novel, is very much an exploration of that particular th- shocking outcome and dilemma and reality that he has he suddenly has to t- look after his kids 24 7 and one of which is teen- his teenage daughter is absolutely not happy with him whatsoever <laughs> whereas his little cute little boy is much more goes mm. with the flow and is much more you know nice to his dad <laughs> at the same time um to help him kind of cope with this uh, with his divorce really he kind of gets back in touch with two of his best fr- mates who are seth played by one adam brody yes adam brody playing yes. seth. seth this must have yeah. just set your pants on fire extraordinary and <laughs> By the way, we have to say, Adam Brody looking phenomenal for his age. I mean... What do you mean his age? I mean, he's no, not Boyd, old. Boyd, he's not old. He's like... I mean, I, I would argue that... What you know. I'm saying is... What is he, like 30 or something? He's 43. Is he? Okay, yes, then he does see. look quite good. Thank you. Uh, how long is it since the OC? We forget how long. Yeah, it's quite yeah, a long yeah. time. What was the OC? Was like 2006? Well, I don't know. I thought, I thought it was earlier than that. I but anyway, think so. He's barely aged, is my point I'm making, since the OC. He's still 2003, good. 2003. I think he looks almost exactly the same <laughs> as he did back then um, in the OC. And his other best friend, uh, Libby, played by Lizzie Kaplan, who, in the extraordinary twist, and this is the other thing that makes the novel and the show so unusual, is she is the narrator of his story. Yeah. So effectively, and this is all from the book, this is all from um, the brilliantly named Taffy Brodus Ackner's book, 
and that and she kind of she she found this brilliant device to have a story that is a kind of about his masculinity and him discovering the sex apps, the dating apps. I'm, I'm <laughs> the sex, sex apps. Well, I mean, that's what they are. That, and that's what he's made quite clear because yeah. as soon as he, his discovery that there are <laughs> many, every, hundreds of women in Manhattan and the, and the five boroughs of New York um, willing to have se- almost instant sex with him when he meets them, hooks up with them on the dating, dating slash sex apps. And it's an exploration of that and what that means for a man who's just hit 41, as he has in this show, with two kids, whose wife has just left him. But through the lens of his best friend, who is a woman, it's such a clever device because it kind of is, makes it more of a commentary on what's going on now with relationships and with intimacy and all of that. And I, th- I have to say, I've read, I read the book, and the book is, is fantastic. But what makes it kind of fantastic is her voice is so interesting and funny. And, and they do a lot of voiceover, but I felt like they had to to capture that key element of the book that is his story told by her. And she's involved, but tangentially, pretty tangentially. And I thought they did a brilliant job, even to the point where the, the cover of the book, at least I think the American cover, I'm, I'm pretty sure the British cover, was Upside Down Manhattan. Mm. And they used that as the yes. opening shot is Upside Down Manhattan. And the closing shot. And the closing shot. Of the, of the episode, yeah, um, to kind of reflecting his dis- general discombobulation as a character, what he's going through, this huge changes in his life. I think it's really well cast. Jesse Eisenberg is absolutely perfect for Doctor Toby. Um, Claire Danes is perfect for his for the for the wife. Great to see Adam Brody back. Lizzie Kaplan does a really good job of, of narrating this thing. It's got it, it has a brilliant kind of montage of sex because it referred to it being very booby, yeah. but it's also bummy. You it is very of, bummy. You get a lot mm. of the, the Eisenberg bum yeah. cheeks. Yeah. yeah, quite rightly equal ops. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it is, and this is a classic. This is what, what what I was brought up before about how people are complaining and saying there should be less sex and nudity on on television and in films. These absolute idiots. It's central it to this whole mm-hmm. story. It's all about what does it what, what what happens to a man when he suddenly realizes he can have apparently oh, carefree, well, consequence-free it's, sex. It's all about his sexual awakening. Yeah. Yeah. He's suddenly attractive to the yeah. opposite and sex she, and he by the can't way, believe his luck. She, by the way, has a very healthy sex life of her own. Mm. You know, Claire Danes' character, which we see as well. So it's... it's I thought it, I, I have to say I thought it was an exemplary example of how exemplary example <laughs> an exemplary exemplary example. <laughs> case study in how to adapt quite a um, a book that's all about the tone of voice of the book but turn it into a really good visual looks beautiful mm. you know really well done TV series so I think it's great I don't disagree I really like this I thought it was so smart and funny and I really liked the fresh take on the fact that it was you know we're seeing this time. Uh, you, you know, we're used to seeing a man leaving a woman, right? Seeking a better life, a better uh, upgrading model, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, the woman having to rebuild her life, take care of the kids. I just love that they turned the whole thing on its head. And that actually this time it was the man who's left holding the kids. thought it was a great twist. And the equal ops sex thing, I thought was great because even though it is booby james there is a lot of bum action. there is and also i really loved how the camera started spinning you know like literally uh the sex made the room spin so that was a delightful touch and yeah just very happy about adam brody being back on our screens because i used to love him as seth in the oc and i think the dynamic between all three friends who haven't seen each other for 15 years mm. i think it's just it's really it's a great re- i don't know i just really liked all the characters both individually um i thought they were relatable in different ways and I thought it's really interesting that it's now 
it became like obviously he was left by this woman and then it's but it's also about the ripple effects in the school parent community because everyone started reassessing their relationships oh my god are we not having enough sex is, is my partner going to leave me you know and and this is what happens right at a certain age and people are starting to get divorced or whatever people start freaking out um but yeah i thought eisenberg was really well cast in this role yeah he has big neurotic energy mm. uh, which yeah. i think works very well in this particular character uh, to be fair though i thought lizzie kaplan was was mm. the, oh, yeah. the standout for me just not just because her her narration is an exemplary example of narration <laughs> uh, but but no but, gen <laughs> but genuinely her narration is fantastic but also her character uh character of libby is really really interesting and her own the fact that fleischman and what he's going through becomes a mirror for her own life and what mm. she's going through i think is quite interesting i will say that i think they perhaps misrepresent the appeal of dating apps slightly in this show. It's not quite, I would argue, the all-you-can-eat buffet that they make it out to be. It is, in fact, a relentless hellscape. But the less said about that, the better. Um, I also quite enjoyed the relationship he has with his two kids, uh, Solly, played by Maxim Swinton, who's... um. It's quite geeky little boy who he kind of gets on with. And then at the other end of the spectrum, there is Hannah, his daughter, played by Mira Mahoney, who absolutely cannot stand him. Mm -hmm. He has no dialogue with her. They have no relationship. They do well, not she communicate finds him at super all. Cringe, doesn't she, she finds yeah. him embarrassing, but there seems to be a contempt there. And I think, you know, I think that speaks quite truthfully to often what happens in a divorce, where sometimes children will, for not always for a good reason, like attach to one parent and almost vilify the other one, regardless of you know, fault or blame or whatnot. Well, I think it's more, it's like a reflection of Rachel because we get the impression that, well, we know that yeah. Rachel was very like self-obsessed. She was very all about, you know, making money, uh, you know, elevating, social elevation. And she looked down on his career as a doctor and it seems like it's rubbed off on the daughter and she, you know, is very embarrassed about the fact that they don't live in a plush house anymore and all this kind of stuff. So I feel like it's partly that as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, by the way, his kind of like his apartment, his new apartment is supposed to be like a, you know, like a <laughs> the little hovel. A shell hovel. It's yeah. like a, on the 25th story yes, of a lab. On the Upper East Side, it's this side, massive yeah. apartment. With the views of. I want to yeah, live in a hovel. With a exactly. bellhop. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, One right. of the criticisms of the book, that, well, it got a lot of, it did polarize um, people to some extent because a lot of people were like, we're supposed to feel for these, you know, incredibly privileged, well off <laughs> Manhattanites, you know, having, having loads of sex. You know, it's like, oh, poor, woe is him. But Yeah, but that's like, and it's like sex exactly. in the city and it's like Exactly. I mean, it, it is very much like that. Like he's like different women every single night, and yeah. it's just yeah, it's it's kind of. Also, he's getting sent an alarming amount of like uh, <laughs> nudie pictures from all these yeah. girls he's matched with. Again, I, maybe the New York dating scene is just fundamentally very different to, move, to the London you, you one. Clearly, need to move to, to Manhattan. Clearly, that is what yeah, needs to happen. Yeah. Clearly, that is what yeah. needs to happen. But uh, either way, Fleischman is in trouble over on Disney Plus, uh, beginning on the twenty third of February, which is Thursday. Next up, we have Desperate Measures on Channel 5, which sees Amanda Abington as a bank employee whose son gets mixed up with a local drug dealer, leaving her with a debt she cannot possibly repay. That is until, shall we say, a work-based opportunity unexpectedly presents itself. Kay, how desperate do people need to be to watch this? Mm. <laughs> right, so here's the thing. Yeah. I was really liking this up until two thirds of the way through. Okay. <laughs> because I just thought, I just thought, well, Amanda Abington is amazing. Yes. And she's fantastic as the bank uh, clerk mother, as you've described. I mean, yes. I a little bit zoned out, so I don't know how much she said. Sorry. <laughs> 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 I got me, I was thinking, oh shit, he's throwing to me. No, first. you feel free. Just yes. cover whatever ground Anyways, you want to. But she's really great. And the son, who's a newcomer, Jesse Sescati McFarlane, have I said that right? Anyway, uh, he plays <laughs> I mean. Finn. 
he's he's also fab and I just really liked it because I felt like it was good and it was plausible you could see how he might find himself in that kind of situation and make the decision he does and also you understand Rowan's panic as a mother that you know that she's desperate to save her son from this really violent gang leader who's now wanting his drug money back right so I was thinking, this is fab. I'm going to become, you know, this is going to be my new thing. And then a series of events happen that are so ludicrous, <laughs> like just mad, like coincidental, unlikely, that it just totally lost me. And yeah, it was still entertaining, but it really irked me that it suddenly went down this far-fetched route when it was so rooted, I think, in reality um, and had so much potential that, yeah, I'm out. It is a bit of a tonal shift, isn't it? Because up until that point, mm. you're kind of like you. It feels Gritty like it does realism. have this. It has a veneer of realism yeah. to it, and at that point, it just gets a bit daft. Oh, mate, there's two. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why we suddenly went all like, Whoa, oh, mate, oh, mate, mate, oh, mate, oh, you're living in the Geese. estate where Dick Van Dyke, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, you're completely right. These two things happen. And I was like, wait, have I just, wait, I've must, I rewound it because I thought, oh, I must have misunderstood that. And I was like, oh, wait, we're saying this is happening now, is it? So, yeah. yeah, it's not so much a tonal shift as a, as a narrative. Yeah. It's a narrative shift that is, it's, but it, it's a, it inherently almost shifts the tone oh, of the show, though, doesn't oh, it? Yeah. Maybe. Well, maybe. It then becomes bonkers. <laughs> yes. Maybe. But I can, yeah, I mean, it is extraordinary <laughs> how I know what process by which because basically this has got a really good story and a really good premise mm. that you know really nice bank clerk um, about to get laid off paid by the brilliant Amanda Abington has a lovely son teenage son who's really really good mm. um, the actor Jesse yeah Cascati McFarlane and you know they're really close and he gets you know he's got bad people on the estate where they live who embroil him in something that he doesn't want anything to do with and he has to and he now he's got the police and them on his in a case trying mm. to find him and he's now could potentially ruin his life and you feel for him because he's a good kid totally feel yeah. for him yeah. and all the way through in that storyline, which is going to push her to the desperate measure of wanting to rob a bank, that's clearly the, the thing that it's it's building up to. The premise, again, not not a spoiler, but they kind of show that right at the beginning because it starts with her at the beginning talking about what, she, what she's done. And that all makes sense. And then, as you say, you get that moment. And let's just call it... I'm Two calling moments. It, I'm calling, well, I'm, I'm specifically calling it the tattoo moment, right? The tattoo um, on the back of the neck. Yeah. That's one moment. That's one yeah. moment. And then you're introduced to that character, yeah. right? And you're like, and that, you know, who the guy who plays, he's very good always and everything. But yeah, the world, it's the world such is a, a small place, who, not that small. At some point, they right. At some point, they thought, oh, we have to have this thing happen because then maybe there's not enough story otherwise. But there is enough story. You got. I felt like there's more than enough going on without that thing to come in to make because it does seem so ludicrous. And it is, yeah, it's a real shame because they've done such a brilliant job with the performances and the direction. You know, it's got really good. You know, it's quite long shots of her. You know, running there's a chase sequence that's really well done. Mm. I thought, you know, and then you get this incredibly implausible thing happen. And then after that, another thing happens where you're just like, really? That I mean, that's all really coincidental as well. I don't know why they. I don't know. I've, then I got angry about it. I went from being disappointed to then very angry. What do you think, James? Well, this reminded me of there's a 2019 film uh, called. Uh, County Lines, which kind of covers yeah. similar ground, but it's really, really gritty, very real, and very dark. Mm. And I kind of thought this was going to go down similar territory until the event. <laughs> uh, but but I suppose the thing I will give this is that it successfully manages to be incredibly stressful for good seventy five percent of the episode. Mm. Like I found it, in, I found mm. it really anxiety inducing, um, which is obviously what it was going for. So I think it does that very effectively. So to that extent, 
I thought it succeeded in what it set out to do. But exactly as both of you said, like I think when they make that narrative choice, and I kind of see what they were trying to do. Like they're trying to get from sort of like A to another letter, shall we say, further down the alphabet. <laughs> and they're like, we don't want to get through all of those letters. So let's just skip over all of those and go straight to this. And they take this narrative shortcut to get Mm. And I was like, no, maybe just take a little bit of time and weave a more believable through line. And then to then double down on it at oh. the end of the episode with another just utterly ridiculous moment. And I was just like, oh, you've lost me. You have lost yeah. me a little bit. It's a and, shame. It's a real yeah. shame. It's a shame because she like she has she really gives it her all. Amanda Hamilton, she always does. Like she she has to get hysterical mm-hmm. in this. Show. Oh, she's really good. No, like she's, scenes, she's yeah. brilliant. And he's really good as well. So all, all the all the performances are great. I just think, yeah. Someone should have intervened and said, no, it doesn't need to have that. There's another must be another way to get to. There as must you say. be another way. There must be another way. Um, yeah, it's a shame. Never mind. Anyway, Desperate Measures then, which is on Channel of the Five. On which day, Boyd? It is on Channel 5, Tuesday to Friday, stripped, stripped across, across the, the week. week. <laughs> and by the way, I believe you said, I should have interrupted at the time, but you know what I'm like. I don't like to be too rude. <laughs> but I think you said that Fleischman is in trouble is on Thursday, and it's on Wednesday. Is it? Yeah, I believe so. It's on Wednesday. Yeah. Hang on, let me sure. check the calendar. The calendar says Thursday. No. And surely, Boyd, as someone <laughs> no. with access to the calendar, <laughs> if that were the case, you yourself would have well, changed it. James is literally the only person who uses the calendar. So it would yeah. seem. Anyway, apparently it's on Wednesday. Uh, okay, good, 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 fine, good. Well, that was Desperate Measures. Uh, let's get on to this week's final review, which is Liaison, the latest flex from Apple, reminding us that they have budgets larger than the GDP of a small industrialized nation. Uh, and as we've already heard, this stars Vassal Cassel, as well as Eva Green and Peter Mullen, Peter Mullen, uh, in an English-French <laughs> geopolitical thriller. Get uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Boydie, voulez-vous regarder Liaison ce soir? Oh, very good. Amazing. And very good. I'm very, I'm delighted, by the way, with your, just your German pronunciation of Vincent. Vincent Cassel. Well, I can't call him Vincent Castle, can I? Do you remember the shit I used to get into for calling Michael Husman Michael oh, yeah. Husman? Yeah. Like, people got quite upset with me over that. Did so I? I'm making a real effort oh, now. Oh, I still stick to Michael Husman. Michael Husman. Husman. Okay. Yeah. Well, Vincent Cassel and Eva Green <laughs> and Gerard Lavin um, are the stars of this. Peter Mullen. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Mullen. Peter Mullen. Uh, Mullen um, are the stars. Apologies. Yeah, I, I was just about to say, I'm not getting involved in whatever this is. This is a British French co production for Apple TV Plus, which yes. partly explains why there are so many British and French people in it. Yes. It's. It, is very brilliantly made. So it's Apple TV Plus. Yes. It's got all of the, it's got that very um, elegant uh, visual quality to it. By which I mean people are literally throwing 50 pound notes at the screen all the yeah, way through exactly. the episode. It looks astonishing. Yep. It's It's got an opening kind of action sequence that's fantastic, like thrilling kind of, you know, explosions and this, that and the other. It's got, grabs of um, kidnappings and it's got um, on top of that intercut with all this a kind of political machinations going on in Paris and London so it cuts between Paris, London and, and um, Syria basically mm. and the idea is that these two um, uh, guys in Syria, hackers in Syria are wanted by everyone for various reasons and they're all kind of fighting over these these guys these, this duo of hackers 
for some reason, which, I, which I'm sure we'll get to in, in the kind of geopolitical confusion of the thing, the French guy who's organising this whole thing is really against the British having any like intelligence intel from these hackers. Yeah. Like, well, we're all supposed to be on the same side. I'm sure they'll get to Brexit, Boyd. Brexit, <laughs> Brexit. Yeah, exactly. He really hates, really, really firmly wants <laughs> the British to lose out on this fucking intel, which is one of the drivers of the story. And then on top of that, <laughs> start of, I, how, well, you be the judge. Is it a spoiler? There's like this kind of huge, big, disastrous thing that happens in the middle of the first episode involving flooding. I'm not going to say any more, right? Which is like suddenly becomes almost like a disaster movie, doesn't it? <laughs> Halfway through. So enough of it being like a kidnapping thriller. There's a lot going espionage, on. Espionage, revenge, geopolitical machinations, and, and a disaster movie all thrown in to this unbelievably lavish um, uh, series, first episode. By the end of it, I was like, well, that is impressive, but I'm not sure I have the fucking clue what's going on <laughs> or why, you know, all the interconnections. And obviously, it's only the first episode, and I think it's going to be all about what explaining what the hell is going on, I presume, as well, it plays out. Well, you'd hope so. You'd hope. So I have only watched the first episode. I do feel the need to carry on, if only, well, mainly to work out what the hell is going on, because I found it quite... I think it's deliberately confusing in, in a way, deliberately there's, piling yeah. on the, the, the subplots. And there's a lot of plotting, a lot of plotting, a lot of locations, a lot of flooding. Um, and uh, but you know, Vincent Cassel is great. Eva Green, I know she's had a controversial time recently, hasn't she? She had an incredible legal case. Did you read about that? Yes, this is this yeah. is a show in which she hunts down peasants for sport. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, she is brilliant though, and she's she's had, she is the um, rather again rather kind of unlikely kind of spad, I guess you call it, special advisor to um to uh Peter Mullins politician. Peter Mullins, Peter Mullins character. Um and that relationship is really interesting. So she has to take orders from him. Um, so it's got a great cast. It looks fantastic. It feels incredibly authentic. Everything that's happening in it is had a lavish amount of money spent on it. I am confused as it's happening at the moment, but I will carry on. It also has equal opportunities subtitles. It does. The French right. and the yes. English is subtitled. Everything is subtitled. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, you cannot right. move you... without bumping into subtitles. How did we you know... get on with it? Yeah, how much Not you well. Love, you love a subtitle. Not well. Uh, yes, I, I must admit, I, I, I looked for ways to turn off the subtitles for the English bit, and there was no way. No. I just had to put up with them, which was not great. Oh, but, dear. you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. I just find, I find it so uh, confusing why you get so like agitated by it yes this this is something that people are like i don't know what they're talking about it, this was a conversation that came up on pilot plus last week mm. which was my slight aversion to the subtitling of english language stuff uh, i do not enjoy subtitles where they are not like needed. reading i don't know no it's, it's because my eyes are drawn to them it's almost like it, it they draw the eye away from what's going on on the screen and it's like if i can understand the dialogue i don't need the subtitles <laughs> make them go away anyway okay what did you think of liaison i also i Enjoyed it. I found it confused. I think I worked out most of it, but yeah, I was gripped by it. I found it very mm. like fast paced and exciting. And that's it, really. I mean, I <laughs> I don't have much to say about it. <laughs> Thanks, Gay. <laughs> no, I, d I mean, it was really good, but I'm just wary of giving away too many spoilers. Yeah, it's, you don't want to get too spoiler, much into the Yeah, boxing, it's, sure. it's uh, very spoiler heavy if you say much more. But what I will say is the end is very intriguing. And as a side note, I do love Eva Green's windows. 
She does have good, good windows. Good windows. She gets good, good windows. windows. Yeah. Good fenestration. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Which you'll hear on no other podcast. I mean, slightly creepy. Yeah. James at the window. Yeah. Talking about Eva Green. Yeah. Fenestration. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, no, it's 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 dense to be sure, but it has a certain, I love that kind of, the that old school geopolitical, lots of action, lots of things happening, lots of intrigue, lots of set pieces. They don't even need to be big ones, but just Vincent Cassel running through hotel corridors stabbing people in lifts and just mm. it has almost like a born like quality and there's like a lot some handheld camera stuff there's some close quarters choreography it's all a bit sort of dirty but it has a i mean i was about it has a a realism to it i don't know if it's realistic i'm not a spy i've never hung out or done a ride no, it, has, it has an aura yeah it has the aura of, yeah, of reality, aura yeah. Of reality. Yeah, which I, is hard that's yeah. a hard thing to i like it, it feels realistic yeah. whether or not it is is a whole other matter but uh but yeah no I, I thought it was great and again i think what really helps these shows that apple put together is because because they have so much money mm. and it feels like it's got big screen sensibilities in terms of the budget in terms of the cinematography the way it's shot it has that very Apple, very cinematic feel. Big screen energy. It's got big screen energy. Yes, exactly that. It has big screen energy. Uh, and yeah, loved it. Thought it, was, uh, thought it was very good. And I will add it to my watch list in between For All Mankind and You Season 2 and apparently The Traitors. <laughs> uh, but this this comes to Apple TV Plus on the Friday, the 24th of February. Also out this week, we have You and Me. This is produced by the one, the only, Russell T. Davis. And this has been described officially as a romantic comedy drama with all the hooks and twists of a thriller, which is a genre contortion. Even Netflix's category system would boggle at. Uh, but you can hear all about that on Pilot TV+. Plus. If you're not already a subscriber, you can become one over at empireonline.com slash pilot TV for just one ninety nine a month. Uh, Boydie, what else is out this week? There's The Consultant on um prime video on friday the 24th which is a it's a kind of comedy thriller i believe starring christoph waltz as the consultant of the title who basically consults on people's lives as far as i'm not making it sound very interesting well it could be interesting (laughs) we probably should have considered it for review to be honest but i think i left it off the list um and yeah but it's quite it seems like quite a big deal i think semi big deal christoph waltz is always brilliant obviously um, so I think that should be exciting, The Consultant. I'm more excited about the new <laughs> alleging. Season three, I think, of Outer Banks, which is like Netflix's teen, yeah. kind of their Dawson's Creek, really, I believe. I watched a couple of episodes a long time ago, and it was quite enjoyably stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they were looking for treasure somewhere in the sea or something. I don't know. Um, that's back on Thursday, the 23rd. Beyond Paradise, uh, James, you'll be thrilled about this. This starts on Friday, uh, 8 o'clock on BBC. It's a spin-off from um, Death in Paradise. Uh, I mentioned this the other week. And Kay actually is all over this because she hosted the q and mm. I believe, for the launch for Her Majesty's BBC One. Yes, I did. I'm the correspondent because I got to go to Guadeloupe for Death in Paradise set trip. Mm. I see. Set visit, uh, yeah. And uh, it is a spin-off with Chris Marshall. So any Death in Paradise fans out there, you'll uh, want to tune Or any Love Actually fans. Yeah. I don't think anyone who loves Love Actually, and I count myself among those people, <laughs> I know what has say. any affection for Chris, Chris Marshall's, Marshall's character or his storyline in that film. The worst storyline yeah, by hateful. far in Love Actually, but we can't blame Chris for that. Mm. No, But uh, yeah, it's a good case. You see yeah, it is. Yeah. If you like Death in Paradise, mm. yeah, you'll like this. Yeah. There you go. I think that's mainly it. 
Yeah. Then what is our pick oh, of the week? One oh, more. Oh, gosh. Why Perforated <laughs> eardrum. That was, that was quite terrifying. <laughs> it better be worth it, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, The Reluctant Traveller, that um, oh, yeah. Eugene Levy thing that I mentioned oh, right. last week. That you were watching last week. Friday on the Apple TV Plus and is very entertaining. He can say it now because the embargo is gone. I can say Last week he was just alluding people. to it. Yeah. yeah. It being yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Pick of the week. Um, Fleischman. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be Fleischman. Oh, for me, it would be Liaison. Huh? With Vincent mm. Cassel and Peter Marlin. Is it just because you want to say those yeah. names again? A lot, yes, yes. <laughs> Peter <laughs> Marlin. Uh, yeah, exciting, exciting stuff. All right, fine. Well, that is it for this week's show. If you even vaguely enjoyed it, then surely a review and a five-star rating is not too much to ask. And if you want to tell us what you think directly, then do follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pilot TV Pod, as well as at James C. Dyer, at Boyd Hilton, and at Kay Ribeiro. On next week's show, Sanjeev Bhaskar will be joining us. Hooray! As we get to see the long-awaited latest series of Unforgotten, plus Sam Claflin will be on the show uh, to talk about Daisy Jones and the Six. Will he, Kay, in fact, be coming on the show? Yes, he will. (laughs) Okay, just checking. If if we have a little chat tomorrow, he will be. Okay, good, good, good. Kay will be talking to him tomorrow. Uh, There'll be some other shows on here as well, uh, probably. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I don't know what they are. But until then, I have the traitors to watch. <laughs> and you can hear how that went on Thursday. Pray for me. Pilot out. Mm-hmm.